highest of heights to the depths of the sea. So verse 2 back in 2 Kings 24. So the Lord sent against him, sent against Jehoiakim, raiding bands of Chaldeans, bands of Syrians, bands of Moabites, bands of the people of Ammon. He sent them against Judah to destroy it according, notice this, to the word of the Lord which he had spoken by his servants, the prophets. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher, Rob Kellogg. We might think that God would honor the Judean independent movement of Jehoiakim, but he did not bless it. God sent against him many adversaries because Jehoiakim was a patriot of the kingdom of Judah, but not a man submitted to God. Many in the days of Jehoiakim believed that God's will was to deliver them from their enemies and to preserve an independent Judah. Yet, that was not God's will. It was his will to bring Judah into judgment. The best thing for Judah to do was to submit to this will of God, as Jeremiah told them to do, despite great opposition. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching, already in progress greatest Passover that they'd ever had, and God promised that his judgment would come against Israel, um, and he, he spoke uh, a really wonderful word to uh, Josiah through the prophetess, uh, Huldah, and um, we know that it was around uh, just prior to this, in 612 BC, the Neo-Babylonians, uh, meaning the, the Chaldeans, Babylon and the Medes, they uh, that empire conquered Nineveh. The, the empire of Assyria was slowly declining, but now this Neo-Babylonian uh, influence and this, this empire was on the rise, and it, w- it was soon to be the world empire. And the, the Assyrian empire was starting to wane. And so finally in 612 B.C., the uh, Neo-Babylonians, the, Chaldon- or the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, the Medes, they came against... Uh, the capital of Assyria, Nineveh, and destroyed it. And then from many from Assyria then, they fled to, from Nineveh westward uh, to Carchemish, which is in the very north of Israel, right around the uh, Euphrates River. And there was a battle there with uh, the Babylonians who had s- sought to come and, 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 and have this battle at Carchemish finishing off certainly perhaps those Assyrian uh, people who had fled from Nineveh and also engaging Egypt at the same time. And as a result of this war in 612, uh, Babylon would rise as the greatest empire in the world at this time. And Pharaoh Necho, remember in chapter 23, went out to battle to aid the Assyrians against this greater foe that all of them had, and that was Babylon. So Egypt comes up from the, from the south, and they join the Assyrians fighting against the Babylonians. <laughs> and while that is happening, um, uh, 
Josiah and his army go out to meet Pharaoh Necho right around the area of Megiddo in Israel. And they have a battle there. And Pharaoh Necho wanted uh, Josiah and his army to stand back. He says, this fight is not for you. Just, just get out of the way and let me do what I got to do. But he didn't listen, you remember. And then he came against uh, Pharaoh Necho. And ultimately he got killed in the process. And uh, verses 28 through 30 in chapter 23 tell us about how Josiah died in battle at Megiddo. And... Um, and Josiah's son, uh, Jehoiahaz, then becomes king. And um, so let's look at verse uh, 31 in Second Kings chapter 23. I said we're going to start in 24, but we're just going to back up just a little bit. So notice in verse 31 of Second Kings 23, it says, So now that Josiah has passed from the scene, it says, uh, Josiah was 23 years old when he became king. And he reigned three months in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Humutel, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. Now, this is not Jeremiah the prophet. This is a different Jeremiah. And notice, concerning Jehoiahaz, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. Certainly not Josiah, but the fathers that prior to that, um, people like um, you know Ahaz and his forefathers who were evil, uh, he, he did all those things, just like his forefathers. And now Pharaoh Necho put him in prison at Riblah in the land of Hamath, that he might not reign in Jerusalem. And he imposed on the land a tribute of 100 talents of silver and a talent of gold. So, um, And remember, it was just not too long before Josiah was meddling in Pharaoh Necho's battle against Babylon. Just after he died, three months later, they put... Josiah's son, Jehoiahaz, on the throne, but now Pharaoh Necho gets a hold of him and puts him in prison at Riblah. Now, Riblah is uh, north of Damascus. Uh, I forget how many miles, probably at least 50 miles uh, north of Damascus. So it's right along there in modern-day Lebanon, Syria, probably more like Syria. Uh, modern-day is where this place was. And then um, in verse 34, it says, Then Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim, uh, the son of Josiah, king in, his, uh, in place of his father, Josiah, and changed his name to Jehoiakim. And Pharaoh took Jehoiahaz and went to Egypt, and he died there. <laughs> and so Jehoiakim reigned from 609 B.C. to 598 B.C., a total of 11 years. And it tells us, uh, you don't have to go there, but in your Bible, if it doesn't already have a reference to this, maybe write it down. We're going to look at Second uh, Chronicles chapter uh, 30, Second uh, uh, Chronicles chapter 36, I believe it is. <laughs> and it says, so Jehoi- Jehoiakim gave the silver and the gold to Pharaoh, because Pharaoh had put a, a levy on, on the state of Israel, or on, the, on Judah. But he taxed the land to give money according to the, land, the command of Pharaoh, and he exacted the silver and the gold from the people of the land, from everyone according to his assessment, and gave it to Pharaoh Necho. Now Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Zebudah, uh, the daughter of Pedaiah of Rumah, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that his fathers had done. Um, 
And so it's a, it's a pretty horrible thing. He, he didn't learn anything. <laughs> so Jehoiahaz, three months, and now uh, Josiah's other son, Jehoiakim, comes into power uh, for 11 years. So let's begin now at 2 Kings 24 in the very first verse. And so it says, in his days, and when he says in his days, he's referring to Jehoiakim's days. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years. So he served the king of Babylon for three years, and then he returned, notice, then he turned and rebelled against him. So for a while, Jehoiakim was willing to be a vassal uh, to submit to Nebuchadnezzar, but then he rebelled against him. And it's around this time, I, I'd like to read to you uh, something uh, concerning Daniel, because it was around this time that Daniel, that when Nebuchadnezzar came up against Jerusalem, that he took some of the people captive, and Daniel and his three fellows were among that group. Notice with me in Daniel chapter 1. I'll just read it to you. You can write down the reference, but I'm just looking at Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 7 here. Uh, It says, in the third year, again, Daniel chapter 1, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, which is what we're talking about now, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, and some of the articles of the house of God which he carried into the land of Shinar, which is where uh, Babylon would be located in the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. And then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, Gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel... Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those were their Hebrew names. So it was during that time when Nebuchadnezzar came around 605, 606 BC, somewhere in that time frame, that he put a siege against Jerusalem and also grabbed some of the very best out of Jerusalem with the intention of bringing them back to Babylon to do exactly what he said, to brainwash them, to teach them, and to have them, these smart young men, in the prime of their life, serve the king of Babylon. And think about it, what a great idea. They would be provided for, they wouldn't wouldn't die, they would actually be kept very well. They would have a nice place to stay, I'm sure. But they'd be taught the finest, they would eat the best. (laughs) If they so chose, they could could have all those things, knowing that they're going to serve the king of Babylon so back in verse 2, so I just wanted to give you that picture because all the, it was during that time frame that this is all happening. So verse 2, back in 2 Kings 24, So the Lord sent against him, sent against Jehoiakim, raiding bands of Chaldeans, bands of Syrians, bands of Moabites, bands of the people of Ammon. He sent them against Judah to destroy it according, notice this, to the word of the Lord which he had spoken by his servants, the prophets. 
Now, you might want to write a couple of scripture references down. I'm going to read them to you, but write them down next to this passage, because you may be wondering, well, what, which word of the Lord, what is he, the word that God had spoken, what exactly was that? Where was that? Well, write these two references down. 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 16 through 18. So again, 2 Kings 20. 16 through 18, and let me read that one to you, and then I'll read you another one. You can, re- you can write it down in just a moment. So 2 Kings 20, beginning in verse 16, this is Isaiah prophesying during the days of Hezekiah, who was uh, Jehoiakim's forefather. Okay, So we're going back in time now when uh, Hezekiah was king and Isaiah the prophet was prophesying. And so this is what Isaiah said to Hezekiah. He says, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated unto this day shall be carried to Babylon. So do you see what God is doing here? He's he's already told them in advance what is going to happen if they don't turn from their sin. And he knew they weren't going to turn, but he gave them opportunity to turn. But he tells Isaiah to tell Hezekiah, the days are coming that all in your house, all that your fathers have accumulated unto this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you. Who is he speaking of? Certainly he's speaking of Daniel and these three young, uh, his three young friends and many others, by the way. So God already said that that was going to happen, and it did happen. It happened during Jehoiakim's reign. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Can you imagine that news? Hearing about that, going back. I mean, that'd be like his great-great-great-grandfather now. And then write this reference down to 2 Kings chapter 21, verses 11 through 15. We don't know who the prophet was that spoke this, but it was spoken by one of the prophets, and this was the message. 2 Kings 21, verses 11. It says, Because Manasseh, and obviously during Manasseh's reign, going going back in time, because Manasseh, king of Judah, has done these abominations, he has acted more wickedly than all the Amorites who were before him, and has also made Judah sin with his idols. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such calamity upon Jerusalem and Judah that whoever hears of it, both his ears will tingle. That's just a, a way of saying you're not going to like what you're going to hear. It's going to be unbelievable to you. And I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line of Samaria and the plummet of the house of Ahab. I, God says, will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. So I will forsake the remnant of my inheritance and deliver them into the hand of their enemies, and they shall become victims of plunder to all their enemies." Now, if we just left it there, we would think it's a pretty dismal thing, but we know from other passages that God says, I'm going to bring them back. And so we can't hang everything on this one statement that God has said because he had said other things about him bringing them and restoring them to the land. Do you follow? And I think that's important to remember. That's why you've got to pre- compare Scripture with Scripture. You've got to do some homework. You've got to do, so, do some due diligence. And that's what's so beautiful about Bible study 
as you can find out these things. And it really gives you a better understanding of the character and the nature of God. And that's really important because if you don't understand the nature and the character of God, you're going to think that he's just out there to smash you like a bug. But that's not the case. Yes, he's going to allow them to go through some very deep waters and horrible things, but he's going to bring them on the other side of it. And he would restore them to their land. Uh, 1948, May 14th, 1948. The miracle of miracles happened. After being exiled and out of their land for nearly you know, 2,000 years, God brings them back. They still have their language, everything. Amazing. That's never happened to any other people group in the world. And God did that. He was faithful to his promise. But going back in 2 Kings 24, now back in our text in verse 3, notice what it says. Surely at the commandment of the Lord, this came upon Judah to remove them from his sight because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done. And also... Because of the sins, uh, and also because of the innocent blood that had been shed, for he had filled, again, speaking of Manasseh, he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. Now, the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the books of the chronicles of kings in Judah? Well, yes, they are. And we're going to read it right now. <laughs> so turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 36. We're just going to look at. Um, you can either uh, write that reference down or I can just read it to you. Second Chronicles 36, beginning in verse 5. And, and this just gives us a little more information about what is happening to Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim, his name is also, he's also named Eliakim. Okay, so if you see other scriptures that's talking about Eliakim, it's speaking of Jehoiakim. The, the names are synonymous. And so in Second Chronicles 36, beginning in verse 5, it says this. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king. And notice, he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. We know that. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord as God. And notice, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against him, bound him in bronze fetters, in other words, bronze chains, to carry him off to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also carried off some of the articles from the house of the Lord to Babylon and put them in his temple at Babylon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim, the abominations which he did, and what was found uh, against him, indeed they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. We just read that, didn't we? So now you've got the whole entire record. <laughs> and then Jehoiachin, his son, reigned in his place. Now, before we go on to Jehoiachin, um, I want to read something to you out of Jeremiah. Jeremiah recorded this concerning this king, Jehoiakim. Jeremiah 22, beginning in verse 18, it says this, Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, Quote, they shall not lament for him, saying, Alas, my brother, or alas, my sister. They shall not lament for him, saying, Alas, master, or alas, his glory. He shall be buried with the burial of a donkey, dragged and cast out beyond the gates of Jerusalem. So Jeremiah just prophesying of the, um, the horrible way in which he would, his demise, and uh, he, it wouldn't be a great thing when he would be buried. It would rather be uh, something of disdain and something detestable, 
even in his death. And we know that Jeremiah, uh, Jehoiakim, excuse, excuse me, was, um, he was also an evil man. Jeremiah chapter 26, verse 20 says this about him. It says, now there was also a man who prophesied in the name of the Lord. And we don't know who this man, um, actually we do know his name. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of something else. Prophesied in the name of the Lord, Urijah, the son of Shemaiah of Kirjath-Jerim, Notice, who prophesied against this city and against this land according to all the words of Jeremiah. And when Jehoiakim, the king, with all his mighty men and all the princes, heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. But when Uriah heard it, he was afraid and he fled and he went to Egypt. And then Jehoiakim, excuse me, the king, sent men to Egypt El Nathan, the son of Achbor, and other men went with him to Egypt, and they brought Urijah from Egypt and brought him to Jehoiakim, the king, who killed him with the sword and cast his dead body into the graves of the common people. So Jehoiakim was a, an evil man. Uh, we, we, we read that, but this is one instance, one thing that he did, and it really, uh, God wasn't going to let him get away with this innocent blood that he had shed as well. Jeremiah being a prophet himself. You know, he, he, he talks about this. So Jehoiakim rested with his fathers. Just another way of saying he finally died and he uh, was buried with his fathers. And then Jehoiachin, notice, his son reigned in his place. So Jehoiakim passed away, and then his son, Jehoiachin, would reign for three months. And we actually have the dates that this man reigned pretty precisely. December 9th of 598 B.C. to March 16th, 597 B.C., three months. That's all he reigned. In verse 7 in our text, it says, And the king of Egypt did not come out of his land anymore, for the king of Babylon had taken all that belonged to the king of Egypt from the brook of Egypt to the river Euphrates. So all of that area in what you and I would call Israel uh, that became his domain. And now Egypt, having that suffering that awful battle up in Carchemish in 612 B.C., they were like a whipped dog, and they just went back to their land, and they never came out of their cage again. Because they realized that they were no longer, um, in, the, in the world scene, they were nothing anymore. Babylon was the, the, the force to be reckoned with, if you will. And so, verse 8 in our text tonight says, and this is, we're back in 2 Kings 24. Verse 8 says, Jehoiachin, notice, was 18 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of Elnathan of Jerusalem. Now, if you write in the margin of your Bible this reference, uh, you might want to write it because I want to share something with you really quick. Uh, write Second Chronicles uh, chapter 36, verse 9. 2 Chronicles 36, verse 9. The reason I have you do that is because in 2 Chronicles 36, verse 9, it says this concerning Jehoiachin, that he was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months and ten days and did evil in the sight of the Lord. So which one is correct? There's obviously a, a scribal error here, right? So Second Kings 24 verse 8 tells us that it was 18 years. And by the way, there's many Hebrew manuscripts as well as the Septuagint that uh, say that it was 18 years, not eight years.
That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.